Hey guys, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. My name is Keith Grover, the podcast producer. Today I'm speaking with Joshua Chin, the CEO of Kronos Agency. He's going to give us his tips on email marketing and copywriting. Let's watch that intro and jump right in. Every business is unique, but the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. My name is Keith Grover. I'm the podcast producer here at Harmon Brothers. Today we have a very special guest. Today we have Joshua Chin from Kronos Agency. How are you doing, Joshua? Thanks for having me, Keith. I'm good. Awesome. Uh, it's, uh, it's a late night out here in, uh, in Singapore. It's, it's always a pleasure to be on. Well, what time is it over there? It is currently 11 p.m., but I'm pretty used to taking late night calls. In fact, 60% of our clients are actually based out of the US. Although oh, really? myself and my team are based out of Asia. So we're pretty used to the time differences. So what, what is Kronos Agency? We have been through a couple of evolutions over the, the, the years. And today we're a lifecycle marketing agency. That means we help high growth direct-to-consumer e-com brands, scale profits with email, SMS, uh, and mobile push marketing. And we're a global team of 80 people that acts as basically an extension to our clients' businesses. Uh, we're a full-service retention marketing agency. And uh, I'm proud to say this, 90% of our business is built off referrals. Clients and partners love us. And that's kind of how we've grown so quickly over the years. Wow. The fact that you've been able to grow your business this far with, by referrals is really great. It's, it's definitely a, a huge compliment, a huge compliment to, to the work that we have done. So I, I do have some questions about Kronos Agency, but I'll save those for a little later. Let's get first into the nitty gritty. How did you get started? It, like, what's, what is the history of Kronos Agency? Ooh, all right. Here's the... Here, here's the, the start of the agency. It was never meant to be an agency, per se. Kronos was actually launched in a, in a dorm room. And that was back in 2017. And interestingly, in October of 2017, I was at a point in my life where I was kind of nearing my breaking point. My business at a point in time was brand new. It wasn't exactly an agency. It was just kind of like a one-man consultancy type of thing. And I have landed my sixth client in just two short months. Very thankful for that. But the problem is that I was also a full-time university student uh, at the National University of Singapore with a full-time internship where I was working nine to five. So I was waking up at, nine, uh, at 5 a.m. in the morning, working all the way till 11 p.m. trying to keep up with basically everything. Wow. My start. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I knew at that point in time that I couldn't do this my, myself. It's not something that an inexperienced business owner, let alone a marketer, could do himself. So I called up a good friend of mine, Lewis. He was my elementary school classmate. We've known each other since we were like seven, eight years old. 
And I always knew that he had a knack for business and, and operations. He was a much more detail-oriented person than I was and much better at endurance and persistence than I was as well. I'm more of a big picture. Uh, I'm naturally very curious, but he complimented me on a lot of these aspects. And I called him up and I told him about this thing that I was building and that it could be interesting. And along the way, I was picking up new skill sets that I could, you know, pass on to him and we could build this thing together and see how far we could go. And that was how we got Kronos started, basically. Wow. So at what point were you like all in? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it seems like when building a business, it, it usually starts as a thought and then you're working on the side to like pay for the bills and to put food, food on the table. Mm-hmm. But at what point was the, the tipping point for saying, hey, this is an official agency. We're, we're a business now. That's, that's a great question, Keith. And I, I think it was a gradual process. There, there wasn't exactly a one instance or event that kind of was the tipping point. But I recall pretty, quite clearly when we hit our first financial milestone, which was to generate 10,000 bucks in revenue per month. That was in 2017. That was our biggest goal. And we hired the first, our first employee with, with that money. And naturally, you can exactly do a lot with $10,000 as a business. So moving into 2018, and the business was still growing, and we ended up hiring more employees. And we built a team remotely from the beginning to save on rental costs and at the same time to kind of build an environment and a work culture that we would want to work in ideally, basically kind of like a a personal utopia of a work culture that we wanted to work in. And yeah, at at, at the point in time when we hit our first 10K in revenue, that was when I, well, I, I told Lewis that, you know what, this is not a side project anymore. We got to take this seriously. I think there's potential to grow this into a career that we could embark on post-graduation. And that was exactly what happened in 2019, May of 2019. We both officially graduated from, from school, from university. But at that point in time, we had a full-fledged business. When we left school, we had a team of about 30 employees and it was inc- crazy. Crazy, crazy wow i wish i graduated college with uh, a business and 30 employees <laughs> that's great it, it was it was um, great but a lot lots of lots of trade-offs and, and sacrifices along the way that we made consci- consciously intentionally we said no to a lot of different things and different opportunities that came along the way in order to make this work yeah super thankful too be able to do what we have done. Wow. Well, let's let's kind of get into the nitty gritty here because the business or the story you just told was like a, a really happy one. Well, what what's the the dark night of the soul of the business or even your personal life? What what's your poop moment? Ooh, there there are there are so many. There are just so many. Um, <laughs> All right, let, let me break down a few. Let's see. When we had to fire our first employee. Whoa. Um, that, was, that was tough. I mean, as, a, as someone who's inexperienced, not just in 
business, but in the working world, like completely, we didn't exactly know how to approach that. Like we knew that we gave this ex-employee sufficient time and space to improve upon like certain key metrics that we were expecting him to deliver upon. And he was underperforming consistently. And we came to a point where we had to make a tough decision for the sake of the business and for the sake of survival. Yo, so I, I remember um, being really, really, really sad for a long time, for oh, a couple of days, because I felt like I, it felt like I failed that person, you know, not bringing the best out of, out of them and not creating an environment where this person could shine and putting him, perhaps putting him in the wrong place in the first, uh, uh, well, in the first place. And we, I remember we, we had to, and we didn't have any mentors or people who could tap into back then. It was uh, just Lewis and myself. So we relied on Google. We actually Googled, how do you fire someone? What do you say? What's the process of doing that? And it was, it was yeah, it was funny thinking about that uh, today, but it was pretty real. That was a pretty poopy moment. So what what's the gold that came from that situation the the biggest takeaway the biggest goal that we took from that was knowing to be careful with our hiring process and now we know to hire slow and fire fast you know putting people in the right place from the get go is what we try to do today that's why we take our that's why we take our time with interviews and assessments um, and we make it a point to do reference checks and making sure that we are absolutely 100% certain that this person is going to perform in, in in their role but yeah it's it sounds simple right now i mean it's it's common knowledge but it it does it did take us that experience and a, a couple more others to really embody and understand what that truly means in practice wow Hire slow, fire fast. That's great advice for any entrepreneur. Absolutely. It, it might, you know, at, at that point in time, we were excited. The business was growing and we were just in a, in a hurry to just put someone in the seat, you know, just put a butt on the seat to make sure that there's at least someone there, a body that's making things happen. But in the long run, or even in the midterm, it's, it just created a little bit more harm than, than good. Wow. So thanks for sharing that story with us. Now, kind of flipping into more of your business. I I did a lot of research on you. I noticed that you say more often than not that email marketing is not dead. Mm -mm. So explain that to me. How, How is email marketing not dead? Email often comes as an afterthought. Uh, not not so much anymore today, but when we f- first started out in 2017, that was kind of the, still in the, the, I guess, earlier stages of the, the Shopify ecosystem exploding and e-commerce as a result of that. And a lot of people were just not taking email uh, seriously. But when we looked into the, the stats and the data, email actually account, uh, accounts for anywhere from 20 to 30% additional margins compared to any other marketing channels, which is, which makes sense when you're marketing through email, you're essentially saving on costs on, on ads, 
on your CPA and things like that, that you just don't have to worry about when you're running a strong, solid email program. There are kind of curveballs that that's thrown at us all the time with the iOS 15 update that's coming this fall, email privacy, email privacy features are going to be a huge thing. So for, for people who don't know what's going on there, basically what that means is now Apple mail app users have the option to cloaked uh, their, I, uh, not, not exactly identity, but IP address, as well as trackers that indicate to softwares like Clavio, the t-shirt I'm wearing, and other ESPs, email software providers, that this recipient has opened that email. We will no longer have any uh, reliable data around open rates uh, anymore. And because Apple Mail users account for about, according to Litmus, it's about 46% of all email openers in the world, it's going to be significant, significant enough to kind of just kill open rates as a metric, as far as we understand so right now. And my team is working on a couple of new strategies to kind of counteract that and work around those limitations. Yeah, it's just one of, you know, a little, set, a little setback that could really change the way that we do things. But it doesn't mean that email is no longer valid from a user's standpoint. We still rely on the email for communication all the time. That's how I ended up on uh, poop to go So it's a part and parcel of our daily lives, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. That's great. And thanks for updating me about the email updates. So yeah. what, Huge. if you don't mind us diving into the, the, the curveball thro- being thrown at you up ahead, well, what is your team trying to do to combat it? Um, there are a couple of things. Number one, on a, on, a, on a strategic level, just spending the time that we have before uh, the update comes to really understand the segments that we have in our clients' stores and what drives behavior, what people prefer, and kind of compiling as much information as we can today. And we've been doing this since day one. We actually kind of hold a repository of insights and A-B test results from every single brand that we work with to you know, thoroughly understand what exactly drives a behavior, a conversion event for specific segments of customers. And the more you're able to kind of extract that and build a case and story or rather a playbook for your brand, um, the better equipped you're going to be going into kind of the blind zone and that's, that's number one. But going into iOS 15 and beyond, we're looking at creating um, alternatives to, the op- to, to things that rely on the open rate uh, metric. For instance, um, segmentation that indicates en- engagement. How do you know if your customers or your subscribers are still engaged with what you're sending them now that you don't know if they have opened up your emails or not reliably? One way to as a proxy to understand that would be to look at other metrics, including clicks, click rates, place order rates, add to cart rates, product page views, as well as active on-site measures. And all these metrics are still available. And I think that just relying on these additional metrics to kind of measure out segments that are highly engaged and not engaged would still be pretty valid and still very useful. 
that's as far as I have gathered thus far, but I'm pretty sure we'll come up with new ideas along the way. Yeah, there's definitely time out there. What? So part of email marketing is the copyright. Do you have like a copywriter that you've hired or do you do the copyright yourself or like how, how did all that come about? We, so at the beginning, it was, I, I was, a I I was pretty lucky that I came across copywriting as a, as a skill set. I've built that skill set very early on in my, in my journey, just purely out of need because I couldn't afford a copywriter. We couldn't afford hiring one. And we just have to pick up that skill set ourselves. So mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning, both Lewis and I were copywriters, designers, email integrators, specialists, and tech support and account manager all in one. And uh, obviously that wasn't the most uh, efficient or effective way to run a business, nor to create success for our brands. But today we have a, a specialized team of, of copywriters uh, from different parts of the world. And we realized that there are still little nuances that apply to certain regions just because you grew up there and that you just cannot replace with uh, someone who doesn't come from that market. And because our clients are largely global and they sell to different markets all the time. So we found that that really helps a ton. Awesome. So, you mentioned that there's some things that are meant locally, but let's get into like some advice on copywriting. So for our audience, we have mostly entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, maybe some people who want to go global. What are some like international copyright laws, laws, quote unquote, that, that these people can start following today that they can just increase their business and hopefully one day end up working with you so they don't have to do their own copyright. I'll, I'll talk about a few things on, on that. And I, bear in mind that I'm definitely no, no expert on this topic. And I actually lean on in, internally on, on our specialists on things like that and externally tons of resources available. Harmony Brothers University, great resource as well. I just shout out to you guys. But I'm, I'm just going to look at the high level principles that really helped when uh, I was writing my own copy and what I've kind of observed internally as well with our most successful clients. Simple is key. That's the one. Simple is key. And it doesn't, good copy doesn't have to be complex nor long. Uh, That's often a misconception that I had to really drill down in my own head sometimes. So simple is key. Simple is good. Number two the way a copy sounds or how it seems don't necessarily ma- uh, don't necessarily matter as much as its results so if a copy might seem uh, bad to a you know a, a person or or an individual it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you're not the person paying uh, for the products the end consumer so um that is basically saying think from the end consumer and user and uh, reader's point of view and create copy that would appeal to that person versus what appeals to you. Um, those are two biggest principles that I've taken away. Um, resources, books. I read a ton of books that helped me a lot in 
in copywriting and learning the, the craft of copywriting. My number one favorite is and has always been Breakthrough Advertising by Gene Schwartz. It's, it's a little bit more than just copywriting, but I think it lays out the fundamental principles of what, what good marketing looks like and what good copy would stem from. Oh, and, and a cheat code, um, Hemingway Editor. I, I believe it's a free app, Hemingway Editor. It just, yeah, HemingwayApp.com. It just makes your writing so much clearer, cleaner, and just bold. I, I love it. It's so easy to use and it's free. I, I just cannot understand why it's free. Oh man, that's great. There's a lot there for our audience to, to take away from. Where, I guess we're in the, the final questions right now. Where can our audience find you? What platforms are you most active on? How, how can they get in touch with your business? Yeah, for sure. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm available in most socials. It's just Joshua Chin. On Facebook especially, I'm pretty active there. LinkedIn as well. Um, or you can email me at joshua at chronos.agency. That's C-H-R-O-N-O-S dot agency. Or you can go to the website, chronos.agency to learn more. We got a ton of resources as well. We, get a, we give out tons of free content. We have a dedicated marketing team just putting together our best insights internally and just putting it out there to the world. And uh, yeah, so that's the best way to uh, get to know us. Great. Awesome. To our audience, if you liked whatever Joshua Chin said, make sure to go check out Kronos Agency. For those of you who learned something from this podcast, make sure to put it in the comments below and make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to harmanbrothersuniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.